Many times when we think of sin or falling short of God's best for us, we think of sins of commission, things that we do that we shouldn't. But in today's sermon, we examine a sin of omission, a sin of leaving something out, a silent sin that is devastating and has consequences for us spiritually, socially, psychologically, emotionally, even vocationally. It's a silent sin of failing to give thanks. We don't want to do that. We want to be grateful to the God who has saved us and who keeps us. Let's get into it. And thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United. In our text today, we've got a prophecy from Paul. And he warns his protege, his mentee, his disciple, Timothy, who himself will take up leadership in the third generation of the church. And he warns Timothy about times that are coming. And this warning extends to Timothy, but it's kind of like binocular vision because, or, or bifocals. It's got a, it, it, it applied to Timothy's day, but it also applies to ours. It, it goes all the way to today. He said, in the last days. This is what's going to happen. He says that culture will shift and it will drift away from godliness towards something else. He prophesies that the times will become perilous. I have a friend, his name is Matthew, and he just completed a brand new word-for-word translation of the New Testament from ancient text. And in Matthew's uh, translation, this word perilous He said it means dangerous, cruel, difficult, or harsh. Would anybody be honest today and just say that sometimes you have a hard time in life? That sometimes you find circumstances are difficult? I mean, is life Disney World for you all the time, or are there times when it's, you know, not so great? Well, Paul prophesied that. He said the times are coming when around you things are going to be perilous they're going to be there's going to be some cruelty they're going to be some difficult times now we're going in a positive place so nobody get nervous today keep your hands and feet inside the ride till it comes to complete stop we're going to be all right but in the meantime there are some things that we have to face he enumerates characteristics of people in this age of wickedness now remember god so loved the world that he gave so we're not here to bash people today we're just here to point out that not everybody is on the right path. Everybody needs to be, and God wants everybody to be. But here's some of the paths that people are on. They cherish themselves. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about somebody who has self-esteem. That, we need to have that. Jesus said, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Sister Mullins, if you don't love yourself, then how are you going to love me? We, we need to have esteem for ourselves. But Paul said in this day, People, it's almost like they're going to have an idol of themselves. It's almost like they can't get enough mirrors. They can't think positively enough about themselves because they cherish themselves. In Matthew's translation, he translates the next word, they are silver cherishing. In other words, they love money. Some people, some people, let me say it this way. They seem to love money more than they love people. They seem to love things more than they love relationships. 
and that's not always found in a, in a bar or on a street corner. Sometimes that's found by people who work so much to get things that they neglect the very family that they're supposed to be getting the things for. We're supposed to be industrious. I believe that. But I also believe there's a culture of consumerism. Your car is three years newer than my car. Oh, I got to go get a new car, you know, because I got to keep up with this one or that one. You, you know what I'm talking about. Braggarts, appearing higher than they are, blasphemers, defamers. False accusations. False accusations. I've seen this in my own practice. Good people who were trying to take care of people who had people say things about them that were not true. And it took years to clear their name. Yep. Sister Candace, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You work in the medical industry profession. Unyielding to parents and the teachings of previous generations. Unholy people. Cruel, without natural love. Unappeasable. You can't do anything to, to, to please them. Slanders. Literally, this word means satanic. Diabolical. Did you know that the Hebrew word for Satan is accuser? The, the word for Satan is accuser. It's, it's the same word. And so when you falsely accuse others, you are never, ever being more like the devil than when you do that. When you run somebody else down, you are never more satanic than if you came in here in a red suit with a pitchfork with horns kicking out your head. To, to slander somebody is a satanic thing. But to build somebody up is a Christ-like thing. Amen? The church edifies one another. We don't tear it. There's the world for that. Let's build one another up. Amen? Uncontrollable, without love for goodness, betrayers, reckless, blinded, pleasure-loving, more than God. Right in the middle of this dastardly list of all the ways that we could go wrong if we just allow ourselves to drift with culture. Right in the middle of all this is a seemingly innocuous word. It is if you will, not a, a, a loud sin. It's not a noticeable sin. And if I were doing some of these sins today, if I were doing some of these sins, Brother Mark, if I started slandering Brother Jim, and if I just got up here and just started saying a bunch of things about Brother Jim that weren't true, you'd probably come up here and say, hey, man, are, are you low on blood sugar? Do you need a Twinkie? What's, what's wrong? Hey, let's everybody lift our hands and praise the Lord. Scott would be over there and he'd cut off the Zoom if I started doing some of these things and, and started being, un, you know, just wild and uncontrollable. You, you guys would probably make sure I had a, some kind of pill to take and take a nap and Mark said get another cup of coffee. But, but if I did some of these things, Barry, it wouldn't be long before you noticed. But I can do one of these sins and you may never notice because it's a silent sin. And it is the sin of ingratitude. It is the sin of unthankfulness. But Rocky, I tell you today, God is so serious about thankfulness that the Holy Spirit moved on Paul to write on those scrolls. Because, and we need to know today that being unthankful makes God's big list. It's not just a mild sin. It's not just a small sin. But having a lack of gratitude, Brother Chad, is a very bad attitude. And God cares about ingratitude. He cared so much, he said it besides some very heinous sins. Some things that nobody, nobody who gets in a suit on Sunday or puts on nice slacks or lifts their hands in such an Instagram appropriate way, nobody would, would want to be caught dead doing any of these sins. But ingratitude can slip in and it can take control of our hearts and our spirits and it's dangerous. Almost unnoticed because it's quiet, it's a silent sin. Because it is the sin of silence. 
Did you know, Willie, that your mouth is made to praise God? It is why you were given speech is to praise the Lord. And if we shut down and give God the silent treatment, it does not benefit our relationship with Him. Amen. I wish somebody right now would open your mouth and just praise the Lord and just thank Him for being good to you and just thank Him and, and give Him gratitude today. The silent sin is the sin of being unthankful. But I want to teach you just a moment about ingratitude. Because ingratitude and idolatry are related. Now, you don't have to have a, 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 a fat guy in the corner, a little statue with a, a tray out in front of it with fruit and burn incense to have an idol in your house. Idolatry is putting anything that's not God in the place of God. And it is attributing to anything that is not God, God's attributes, Sister Sarah. So if I start looking for other people to be my source, instead of acknowledging that God is my source, I may not be bowing down and burning incense, but in a way I'm participating in an idolatrous mindset. Everybody got me? And ingratitude, ingratitude is rooted in idolatry. Because listen, church, when we refuse to acknowledge that God is sovereign, and that God is our source. We see life in terms of what we've earned and what we think that we deserve rather than in light of what we've been granted by God's grace. Can I make a bold statement right here? There's not one good thing in my life that I have earned. There's not one good thing in my life that I deserve. Everything that I have. Yes, I have worked. Yes, I have a job. Yes, I stood in Jana's driveway and said nice things to her until she gave up and married me. But I'm telling you that every good thing in my life came because God has been good to me. Because God smiled on me. And because God has given me help. God gave me a job. God gave me a mind that I could study. God gave me friends. God gave me mentors. And you too. Every good thing that you have. James 1 and 7 says every good and perfect gift comes where down from the father of lights in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning if there's something good in your life today you ought to put your hands together you ought to open your mouth you ought to lift your eyes you ought to lift your voice and you ought to break the silent sin of ingratitude and you ought to be thankful because the Lord has been good to you I don't talk about the enemy as much as I talk about our Savior but I want to talk about him in just a second the enemy of our souls, you know who he is. He loves ingratitude. He loves it, Rebecca. He loves it. And the reason why Satan loves ingratitude is because he can use unthankfulness to cut you both ways. He can use it to cut you both ways. Alex, we talked about it at Gus's last night. Satan loves ingratitude because he can hurt you two ways. For some people, some people, once we stop acknowledging our sources of the Lord and that He gives to us graciously out of His love, the enemy can put two lies in front of you and he doesn't care which lie you pick as long as you don't believe the truth. The truth is God is good. The truth is God is powerful and He is in charge and He is king of this world. The truth is God loves you and the truth is God is for you and the truth is God wants to bless you. Somebody gave a good amen back there. That must have been Isaac. But here's what the enemy says. For those who think little of themselves and they've had a hard life, for those who have been through some defeats and some challenges, 
Here comes Satan, and he'll have a bucket of condemnation. And to kill your gratitude, he will pour out that bucket of condemnation on you, and he'll make you believe, of course nothing good ever happens to me, because I don't deserve it anyway. All, I, all my life I've been getting dumped on, and that's the way it's always going to be. And so there's nothing to be thankful for because nothing good is coming to me because nothing good should come to me because I'm one worthy of everything. What does Satan do? He traffics a lie in part truths. I'll, I'll agree with my adversary right now. I don't deserve one good thing. But I'm going to stop with his lies right there because that's true. I don't deserve one good thing. But I'm not walking in condemnation today. Romans tells me, There is therefore now no condemnation who walk not after the flesh but according to the Spirit. Yes, I don't deserve good things, but there's all kinds of goodness in my life because His goodness and His mercy have been running after me because I'm following in His steps. My God has been good to me and I have something to be grateful for. Four. People who are under condemnation, they're serving a prison sentence that really Christ has already paid the, the, the freedom for them. They don't have to serve there anymore. They don't have to live in that low self-esteem and I'm a dirt and I'm a worm and, and, and I don't deserve anything good because Christ has already paid the price of their redemption. But they think so little of themselves, they miss the good in their lives and they fail to be thankful they fail to be thankful. Listen to me. Because it's been some of you on some days. And it's what he wants to do to you tomorrow. Yeah. Satan will come and he'll serve you a heaping helping of learned helplessness and self-loathing. He wants you to hate yourself. Because by that he can't touch God. God is untouchable. Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning. The speed of light he was kicked out of heaven. He can't touch God. And so what he wants to do is touch God's kids. If I was standing up here with a 9mm today and a, and a bulletproof vest and all that, there's nothing you can do to me. But if you hurt my kids, you hurt me. That's what Satan wants to do. He wants to bear down on the people of God and make you feel ungrateful because he wants to make you feel that you're condemned and there's nothing good in your life. You can't lift your hands and give thanks because you can't lift your head long enough to see that God is good and God loves you and his grace for you is sufficient. But I wish somebody today would realize he does love you. His grace is sufficient. He is giving you good things and he's going to continue to give you good things. That's one lie over here, Rocky. It's... You're no good. You're dirt. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares. Nobody ever will care. And Satan will sell you that lie as long as you'll buy it. And he'll make you ungrateful while you're believing you're unworthy. Then we got these other people over here. And back in 1973, they, they scored 37 yards and made a touchdown. And they've never let anybody forget it. They, they got a new car one time or they got promoted at their job or their lawn is clean and has a nice edge on it. Or, you know, they're three degrees handsomer than somebody else. Or they were young or pretty or they had 20 bucks in their pocket. For those that think highly of themselves, he's got a different lie, Scott. And for those folks, they've accomplished a few things in life. Satan plays the opposite game. He tempts them with another untruth. He makes them think they have no reason to be thankful because they feel like they've earned whatever goodness comes to their life. You see how Satan does? He doesn't care. What lie you believe as long as you don't grab a hold of the truth. He doesn't care if you think too little of yourself or too much of yourself as long as you don't think good of God. 
You see the trick? He gets you thinking about yourself all the time and it's too low or too high. But the Goldilocks moment is when you lift your hands and say, I'm not going to think too low of myself. I'm not going to think too highly of myself. I'm going to think of Him because He's the one who's raising me up in power. He's raising me up in grace. He's giving me good things and He is a good God. Those who think too highly of themselves, they miss the opportunity to have the ultimate good in their lives. They fail to be thankful because Satan whispers to them, you deserve it. So he's walking down the road at the church and to one person he's going, you don't deserve it. And to the next person he's walking along going, you deserve it. And he's throwing out different lies to different people because you don't catch catfish on a spinnerbait. Got you, didn't I, Rocky? And you don't catch a bass on, a, on, 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 on liver at the bottom of the pond. You catch different things using different lures, and he knows how to lure you and me away from the truth into a falsehood. But I came here today on the power of the Word of God. I came here on the anointing of the Spirit of God to say this. Whether you have been defeated in life or whether you've been victorious in life, the only hope for our present, our past, and our future is in the loving kindness of a merciful Savior. And His name is Jesus Christ. And if you've been defeated, He holds the key to the victory. If you're having a good day, He's the reason you're having a good day. And we all ought to lift our hands. We all ought to lift our hearts. We all ought to give Him praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need the Lord. You need the Lord. God is for you, Sheila. He loves you. He loves you, Willie. God loves you. I love Brother Willie. He's got such a sweet and tender heart and a sweet spirit. Willie's not one of those guys that walks around with his nose so high in the air. If it rains, he's going to drown. He, he's a humble man. But I want you to tell you something, Willie. God loves you as much as anybody in this church. And he loves you and you and you. And I could go all the way around. God loves every one of us, and he wants to give us good things. He's been giving to us since before the day we were born and He will keep blessing us every day of our lives and He wants to bless us for all eternity if we will just turn to Him in faithful obedience to His plan for our lives. Would somebody just love the Lord for a moment and thank Him for His goodness? Somebody just love Him right now and thank Him because He is a good God. Time and time and time again we're told in this Bible that we need to be thankful. And we're told that we need to give thanks. Two different things, Candace. Be thankful and give thanks. Heard the story of that couple? Been married 37 years and the wife said, How come you never tell me you love me anymore? I can't remember the last time you told me you love me. Well, honey, I told you today while I was married, we were married. Well, why don't you tell me anymore? I haven't changed my mind. I don't have to give you a marriage retreat to tell you that was, that was a dumb decision. Because even though you might feel love, it's good to express love out of your mouth so the people you love will know it. Amen? Everybody okay? Is that plain enough for you? It's good marriage advice. That's free. Y'all got that today, okay? So it is with the Lord. We can be thankful to Him, but it's an awesome thing when that thankfulness gets out of your heart and gets into your mouth and gets into your hands and gets into your feet and gets into your body and you say, Lord, I love you, I thank you, and you express it to Him. Why? Not because God needs to hear it. That's not why He commands us to be thankful. 
Jim, the reason why God says that we need to express thankfulness, not because he needs to hear it. It's because we need to say it. Because psychological research will show you that the voice that you pay most attention to in your life, out of all the people on this planet, the voice that you give the most heed to, moves your brain the most in a PET scanner, is your own voice. I can stand up here and scream at you every Sunday. I do most Sundays. But Sarah, if you will talk thankfulness to the Lord, it will alter your life because your ears will hear you giving God thanks. And it will lift your spirits above your problems. And you'll walk in victory because of what God is doing. God commands us to be thankful, not because it blesses Him. He commands us to be thankful because it blesses us. Everything He does is for our good, and He wants us to receive something good today. Would you stand with me today? I believe that we can be thankful, and we can break the silence of sin today, and we can have the Word of God in our lips. We can have the Word of God in our hearts, because gratitude puts your heart in a position to receive from God. He didn't just give a prophecy to the church about what culture was going to be like. He also gave a command. And to the church at Thessalonica, he wrote this. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, he said, In everything, give thanks. In everything. Angela, if it's a good day, give thanks. Traffic's backed up on I-40. You're hungry. Spill coffee on your seats. Give thanks. I had an awesome opportunity to get in a bad mood Friday night. Your wife, my wife could tell you about it. It's a combination of things that led to me not getting to the dealership in time to pick up my vehicle. It's routine maintenance. And I could have gone one way or the other with it. I wound up getting a lift ride from Germantown out to Arlington. Because it's a lot of kids to load up for her to come get me. Sister Sarah, I had a great opportunity to be grumbling and complaining. And listen, some days I have been there, okay? This is not the pin the rose on me story. But here's the difference thankfulness makes. I was thankful I had a phone to call Lyft. I was thankful I had enough money to get me back home. Thankful I had a vehicle to work on. And thankful I could go get it the next day. Rode out here 30 minutes with a guy named McGee. And Justin and I talked for 30 minutes. He told me about his family, told me about his fiance, told me about his kids, told me about driving a truck for a living. Does lift on the weekends. I said, where do you live, Justin? He said, I, uh, I live in Cordova, but we're building a house in Hickory with. I said, Justin, when you move out here in February, your kids are gonna need somewhere to go to church. My wife and I just planted a church. We'd love to have you. Something hit in that car. We wound up having prayer in our driveway. Now, nobody did backward somersaults, and we didn't pull out the blow-up pool and baptize him. But God touched Justin that night because I made a simple choice to just stay on the gratitude path instead of being on the dumb clay path that I'm sometimes on. Being spiritual is sometimes as simple as just having a grateful heart. Just having a grateful heart and saying, Lord, what are you trying to do in this situation? How are you trying to help somebody? How are you trying to help me? I'm looking at some people who know how to be grateful and you know how to express gratitude. And God can use that 
The worship team's going to lead us. I'm going to ask you just a moment. We're going to do altar invitation a little bit differently today. For just a moment, I want you to think about some things that God has given you. I want you to meditate on it. Just bow your heads and think about it. It could be your health. It could be your family. It could be your profession, your job. It could be your home. It could be nice clothes to wear. It could be that your utilities paid. You don't have to worry about it getting cold tonight. It could be simple or it could be profound. But whatever you're thankful for today, just like Laura led us with that testimony, whatever you're thankful for, I want you to meditate on that. When, when you've thought about it a little bit and you've thought about what the Lord has done for you, I wish you'd come down to this front and just lift your hands and just give an offering of thanksgiving. In the Old Testament, it was called a wave offering. You were thankful for your harvest and you, you would take those sheaves with eyes and you know, they would wave it before the Lord and thank Him for a harvest. Simple thing. Yes, I had to break my back for it. I had to sweat for it. But God gave me the increase. If there's something good in our lives, God's worthy to be thanked. So they're going to sing together. We're going to take a moment. We're going to meditate on what God has done. And when you've got some things in your mind and in your spirit that God's been good to you over, if there's some things that you want to thank God over today and you don't want the silent sin, you want to be loud with your praise and you want to worship God and thank Him for what He's done, I wish you just we just all join at the front and let's worship the Lord together. God bless you. We're not going to have the silent sin today. We're going to praise the Lord with our mouth. We're going to praise Him with our bodies. We're going to praise Him with our hearts today because He's been good to us in the name of Jesus. What do you have to be thankful for today? Oh, friend, the list is so long for all of us. God has been gracious. God has been good. And He is worthy of all our things. Gratitude. It's the gift that God commands us to give. But really, when we return gratitude to Him, it's a gift we're giving ourselves because it absolutely elevates us into His best for us and transforms our lives from one of greed and taking in and the concept of scarcity into the realization of His abundance, His love, and His grace for us. Thank you, friend. See, I did it. <laughs> Thank you, friend, for joining us today at All Into United.